I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I have some good news and some bad news to share with you on this coronavirus front. Uh, I'll tell you, though, in just a moment, we'll be speaking with Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill. Uh, the news from over the weekend was that 90-some inmates were released from the Salt Lake County Jail. We're going to get his reaction and hopefully an explanation for that in just a moment. But the good news and the bad news I want to share with you come from come, both come from uh, our congressional delegation. Mitt Romney, first the good news. Uh, he just tweeted a few moments ago. Uh, his tweet reads, thankfully... I've tested negative for COVID-19. Nevertheless, guidance from my physician, consistent with the CDC guidelines, requires me to remain in quarantine as the test does not rule out the onset of symptoms during the 14-day period. Uh, So boiling that down, the point is Mitt Romney has tested negative for COVID-19, the coronavirus. Now on to the... uh, uh, the bad news. This one comes in the form of a statement from Utah Representative Ben McAdams. He first, in this statement he released, uh, went on to say that he calls on both parties and both uh, chambers, uh, members of Congress, to put aside politics and put working families first. Uh, he asserts that Utahns want something done immediately, and I call on my colleagues to reach bipartisan uh, agreement. That, in the face of what's going on in the United States Senate right now, uh, debates continue. They don't yet have the votes to pass this third measure uh, to combat the spread of the coronavirus and to aid the economic impact uh, and damage being caused by this pandemic. Uh, Most notably uh, in that piece of legislation right now being debated in the Senate, there is the possibility for all adult Americans to receive uh, a check, maybe in the amount of $1,200 to help pay pay the rent, pay the mortgage, pay the bills, make sure that uh, we have groceries on the shelves to feed our families as we remain here in uh, social distancing circumstances. The bad news that he has to share uh, is that he remains in the hospital. As you know, uh, Representative Ben McAdams was one of two uh, members of Congress to have tested positive two members of the House, I should say, uh, to have tested positive for the coronavirus, the other being Mario uh, Diaz-Balart of Florida and our very own Ben McAdams. His statement reads, I remain in the hospital on advice of doctors. They are monitoring my occasional need for supplemental oxygen and have advised me that I still need to be here. I am grateful to the medical providers for the excellent care I am receiving, and I appreciate all the good wishes and prayers people are sending to me and my family. Uh, I'd invite you to 
uh, add them to your prayers, to add uh, Representative McAdams and his family uh, in your prayers. This is one of those things we set politics aside. There is uh, no Democrat, Republican, uh, liberal, conservative. There's none of that going on right now. Uh, There is a man who's in the hospital, and he's asking for uh, your prayers. I invite you to share them with him. Now, uh, moving on to uh, another impact being felt by this coronavirus, and it's in the jail system, specifically uh, Salt Lake County Jail, where they on Friday uh, released some 90 inmates. And to help us understand why and if uh, it was a good idea or not, uh, we on the program are joined by Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill. Uh, Sir, grateful to you for your time. How are you? Always a pleasure to be here, Lee. Outstanding. Very good. Uh, talk to us a bit about this move uh, by the county jail. How, how do you respond to it, and what are your thoughts? Well, uh, first of all, uh, we did it. Uh, we participated in it. Uh, we helped sort of facilitate that. Uh, the first and foremost thing is this was the first batch was really the female prisoners who were there. They are nonviolent uh, individuals who were being held there. They were being held there on a failure-to-appear kind of warrants, and they were awaiting adjudication. Now, the reason we did this was we did it with in mind towards making sure that as we go forward in this uh, pandemic, that if it continues to play out the way it is, it is going to impact our law enforcement community in terms of personnel who are going to be quarantined, uh, our courts, and all of those individuals who are part of that first responder and public safety. So our theory was that we wanted to make sure there was room at the jail or what I call one empty jail bed for that violent offender. So it was a, uh, it's an effort to complement uh, local law enforcement when they're responding to violent offenders that nobody would get uh, released from the jail who needed to be held there. So this was really a proactive measure to open up some jail space to help support that public safety commitment that we have. These are low-level, uh, nonviolent female offenders who were awaiting adjudication with an eye towards making sure we do not compromise on that public safety concern, because unfortunately, crime is going to continue to happen. But that individual who engages in violent or uh, crime in our community will be held and held through this period without a break in service. Will there be more moves like this? Will, be there, will there be more uh, inmates from the, the county jail, to your knowledge, who will be evaluated for uh, some sort of early release to make way for these uh, other folks, these more violent folks in the wake of this coronavirus pandemic? Uh, yes, we're going to look at it because we're just looking at it and we're scrubbing the data. So this isn't about, well, we're just going to release everybody. This has to be individuals who are awaiting adjudication, who fit the category of not being violent offenders. We're going to look at a, uh, some uh, uh, who are male uh, prisoners who may fit into that category. Now, keep in mind, one of the things that this allows us to do is not only to build the uh, buffer for violent offenders, but it also now allows us to create flexibility logistically uh, with the sheriff at the county jail Should there be an issue for segregation and isolation, now we can actually open up with those clearances uh, unique pods, one pod for male prisoners, one pod for female prisoners, for those that do need to be held who may, in fact, uh, test positive. Luckily, so far, that hasn't been an issue, but we're building that 
uh, that perspective, future-looking sort of resiliency uh, to prepare because, again, the underlying emphasis, and let me emphasize, the goal is to keep an empty jail bed for that violent offender so when our law enforcement are responding, we are not going to compromise on the interest of public safety, but we will continue to scrub those nonviolent offenders awaiting adjudication as we all process through this uh, 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 challenge. The other part is to keep in mind that the court functions have been greatly also limited because we can't have all this uh, group gathering. So with the, we're consistent with the court. We are uh, pushing back to now uh, uh, June 1, uh, those who are not in jail with their calendars, so we can create room to adjudicate those in-jail matters uh, through video conferencing, and we did the dry run this morning with it. That seems to be working, so we can continue to focus on public safety as well as public health, uh, consistent with the health declaration. It is impacting everybody down the system, and uh, we're trying to build that resiliency. Can I ask you a favor? We need to take a quick commercial break, but I have one more question I want to ask of you. I want you to uh, to help put my mind at ease and also the minds of our listeners uh, after I caught wind of a story where a parolee released early due to this COVID-19 yeah. uh, broke into the house of a woman, threatened her with a knife, uh, and uh, ultimately and luckily she was able to contact authorities uh, through the help of her son, I believe, uh, and this man was rearrested. Uh, if you don't mind, hang on through the break and we'll talk about this case next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, my guest is Sim Gill. We'll be right back.